It's the TEH podcast, episode number 172. I'm Leo Notenboom of AskLeo.com. And I'm Gary Rosenzweig of MacMost.com. It's been a week. Look at that. Yep. <laughs> Nothing really exciting going on here in the Seattle area. We've had some um, uh, forest fires nearby. Uh, I mean, like we're talking mm. 20, 30, 40 miles from where I live, but yep. close enough that... Uh, the prevailing wind patterns can cause some really bad uh, smoke in the air. And right. we had some problems over the weekend. I was uh, doing support for a local charity event, a bike ride, where they were you know, doing 100 miles in the smoke. Um, so <laughs> we were a little concerned about some of our riders, but it all went off well. Fortunately, the wind has turned and is now pushing us some colder, wetter air from the Pacific. So things are hopefully not only starting, hopefully the air is not only starting to clear, but the fires will actually get uh, taken care of as well. Right. Hopefully things aren't quite as uh, on fire no, down there. No, not this year. It doesn't seem like it's too bad this year. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I hear Apple had another announcement this yeah, week. Yeah, Apple had another announcement, and it was uh, oriented mostly around the iPhone, um, but also Apple Watch. They introduced a bunch of new things, um, and some of them are kind of interesting. You know, it's this is an off year for me. I'm not scheduling myself to get a new Apple Watch, uh, iPhone this year or an Apple Watch, um, but so it's quite tempting. I was going to say, so by being an off year, it doesn't really mean you won't. It just means that the the barrier is higher. No, no. I, I what I mean is I like before this announcement, like uh-huh. since I bought a new iPhone last year, uh-huh. I was hoping and still I'm hoping I won't get a new iPhone this year. So I don't have to buy a new one every year. So right. but, but what's, what's keeping you from buying one? What's keep well, just because I don't buy one, a new one every year. <laughs> but, but if there was something compelling, you would. If there was something compelling, I would. And that's um, what I mean about there being a higher stuff. barrier there's to purchase, stuff. right? Yeah. Has to, you know, they, have to, they have to be cooler than, than normal. Yeah. Users. And, and um, <laughs> it, otherwise, you know, I always remind myself that all these cool new features, I will get them. <laughs> a year from now. Next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and some other ones. I mean, it's not like, well, if I, I, if I don't buy this year i guess i'll never have a 48 megapixel camera on my phone no i will next year definitely (laughs) um so yeah interesting you know i was thinking about you and and some of the things you do rescue wise and out in the the country and stuff there's they've got something new on the iphone 14s that allows them to contact satellites the emergency satellites so this isn't starlink this isn't you know, uh, some new internet thing. This is the emergency contacts out there. You know, the satellites that have been around for a while now. Probably the Iridium network. Yep. Yeah. And you could get, you could go into your local store and get, uh, you know, camping store and get like a handheld little, looks like a walkie talkie that you could use to contact a satellite. If you're completely out of range of all other forms of communication, you can use this and say, I'm in trouble. I need rescuing or whatever. Yep. yep. So they built that into the iPhone, but not, you know, not quite the same way. It's built definitely for two purposes. The first is for emergency use. The second is the not quite emergency use, but but definitely not making phone calls or anything like that. Right. The the way it works is they've got hardware in the phone to do this, but it's going to use the antenna that's already built into the phone. 
okay. which is not as good as the antennas you get in those standalone devices, which actually have external antennas that stick up out of the thing. Right. Um, so being inside the phone, they they have to be pointed directly at a satellite to work. How do you do that? Because <laughs> you can't see the satellites. That and the satellites are, are moving relative to the moving. surface of the yeah. Earth. Yeah. yeah. So the way it works, and this is kind of neat. I like this, the innovation here. Um, you, you, if you, you know, bring this interface up, it's going to actually show you on the screen like where it can detect the satellites and then have you orient your phone. So turn it so that it matches the position of a satellite. And then you have to keep holding it and the, it'll like the satellite will come, you know, away from the position you're holding it and you turn your phone physically to match that. Right. So it's guiding you to physically move your phone. So it's always facing the satellite. So it's not perfect, but it does get the job done in terms of like at least pointing in the general direction of the satellite, which is kind of neat. And, you know, it saves them from having to build another antenna in, which they probably wouldn't have done. They just would not have done this feature. Right. right, um, right. So that's kind of cool. And the other thing it does is it, it, you know, it knows that the problem is sending this data and the less data it can send, the better. So the whole back and forth, you know, sending a message, getting a message back kind of thing. It's like, forget that. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to walk you through a series of questions. And it's going to ask those questions like, you know, what sort of trouble are you in? Do you have enough water with you? Are you physically injured? That kind of thing. Right. And you're going to finish, you know, you're going to answer those prompts before you send it. And then it's going to compress that into a very small data package. Right. So probably you can imagine the package, the, you know, you know, are you injured? Yes or no is a one or a zero. Right. Right. And that's it, you know, and then at the other end, Apple can decode that into a, this person is injured or this person is okay. They're just lost or something like that. Um, and then, so it has a very small package, and then you have to hold the phone in the right orientation as it's sending, and it will confirm, okay, this was sent. And then Apple's also going to take care of some things where the message, based on your little answers to those questions, uh, it, it will then figure out who needs to be called, who needs to be notified, what's sure. you know, yeah. all that. So yeah. it's saving you, you know, basically making it as easy as possible to, to do it in an emergency situation. It's definitely not going to be as good as having one of those standalone devices because of that, because, you know, you won't have all of that, but it's better than nothing by yes. a huge amount. Right. Um, and I certainly have, I've never needed something like that, but I've certainly spent my share of time out where there is no way to communicate with anybody. Right. Um, and these are tend to be the situations where you may get injured. I mean, it's one thing walking to the store. If I don't bring my phone with me, I'm walking to the store. I'm in the middle of the city. I'm on streets, you know, but if you're in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. you're hiking, climbing, going over boulders, uh, carrying, you know, the only source of water might be with the water in your pack, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so you're far more likely to actually end up needing help than your walk to the grocery store. So it's kind of neat. The other, the other option is, you know, you can actually have it send a message, a short message to a loved one, you know, I guess over, it'll end up as a text message to them that includes your location right. and a short little, I'm okay. I'm doing good. You know, all fine here, that kind of thing. So you can use it for that. Now, this doesn't actually work on the iPhone 14 that you would buy, say this week or next. I guess it's next week um, because it's a system that hasn't yet been activated. They say November. 
So the iPhone 14s can do it. They hope to have this working by November. Oh, I and, have questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you say you could send a short message to a loved one, yeah. um, is that a short message that you type in the field? or is I that... don't know. Okay. I don't know. It may okay. just be a selection of choices, like okay. um, all good. You may um, be able to configure it. That would be neat. If you can so, configure it in advance to say, here are the five short messages I may want to send to my wife while I'm in the back country. Right. This like, is, Hey, I'm so having like, a great time. You know, that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. I mentioned and, uh, that I have one, I have one of these other devices. I have a Garmin inReach and uh, it's because um, our organization, Wasart, we will yeah. do some backcountry stuff and definitely have been out of communications from everybody. Um, and they do, uh, they essentially have most of the options that you've just talked about and more, of course, you mm -hmm. don't have to point it at the satellite. And right. yes, there are, you can on the website, you can pre-configure oh, like okay. maybe half a dozen messages so that when you're out in the field, you can say, okay, message number one, which means yeah, whatever I'll message number one means for you. Right. Yeah. Um, which is a, is a very, a very useful quick way. Cause especially when you're uh, out in the middle of nowhere, if the weather's bad, Typing on any kind of a device is just going to be incredibly painful. Um, the other thing is that though it does let you do text messaging. In other words, it's, right. it's but the thing that we found is that it is incredibly slow. Mm -hmm. By that, I mean, it can take 10 minutes for your message to go out and it can take a half an hour for the response to come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's the satellite communications in these kinds of scenarios is extremely, extremely slow. Mostly, I think, because of the weak signal. You've got this little tiny device that's mm -hmm. trying to send a radio signal to a satellite um, that's in motion uh, yeah. 100 or 200 miles above you, uh, which is, you know, that's luck when you can get it to work. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. um, the other question I had, though, is um, is this included in the plan? Or is this an extra ah, cost thing? Well, here's the thing. So they said quite cryptically um, <laughs> that it will be free for two years. And that's all that's been said so far. So it, that to me tells me like they may not know <laughs> at right. this point. You know, free right. for two years tells me, look, we're going to set this thing up. We're, we're not going to try to bill anybody for this. Um, you know, you buy an iPhone 14, you're set. Um, and we'll promise that for two years. And then we'll figure it out. I mean, they right. may look at it and, you know, it doesn't mean that after two years they'll start charging. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I, I, you know, I don't know. But at least they're saying at the beginning, you buy your iPhone 14 starting in November, you have this. And for two years, you don't even have to worry about this costing anything extra. Okay. So that's kind of true. I also noticed looking at the page that it, it you know, so say you, you don't know about this stuff. I mean, you know, we always like to assume, and you and I know about these kinds of emergency devices and things you can do, but a lot of people don't. Right. Apparently, if you dial 911 on your phone, so you're out in the middle of nowhere, you know, mm -hmm. your car broke down, you have no way to communicate, you're trying to get a signal, no signal, but you dial 911, it will say, hey, there's no connection. Would you like to try to contact the emergency satellite system? Ooh. which is really cool because yeah. that means the people that have no idea that, you know, you can do that now suddenly are told you can, and you probably have the time and uh, an inclination to try whatever right. the phone is going to tell you at that point. I mean, this is, you know, kind of a feature. If you think about it, the real benefit for this is for uh, rescue workers, right? Sure. Because if this drives up the percentage of people, you know, somebody goes missing, they're on a hike, 
they went for a drive in the middle of Nevada, whatever it is, and they go missing. And it's like, oh, you know, okay, we're gonna have to try to find this person. We have no information other than they left this trailhead at this time. Right. Um, if there's a percentage of people like 10% now that have the ability to contact and say, I'm here, I'm not back because I'm stuck. Here's my location. Uh, if that's 10% now, but having this feature goes from makes that go from 10% to 40%. Right. Right. That's a yeah. huge win for you know, rescuing people in the wilderness. Yeah. And the, and the single most important piece of the information that gets sent is I am here, the GPS. Yeah. The GPS coordinate. Because I know that yeah. so much of search and rescue is yep. about looking for someone, yep. but if you've got the coordinates, you know where they are. Um, exactly. That makes, that can make all the difference. And honestly, that can be a life-saving difference. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, that's, you that's know, it's a pretty cool, cool feature. Yeah. Um, not enough, you know, even though I do go in the back country, right. I mean, I might only be in one or two situations where I would like to have that in the next year. It's not enough to push me to get the phone. Right. Um, but I, I sure will feel better, you know, after I get an iPhone 15, say, and it has this on it <laughs> in my next trip. I, I would, I, you know, I, I guess the only downside is there might be people that should be getting one of these other devices. Um, oh, the and maybe you'll yeah. say, yeah, no, I'll save the money and I yeah. won't get it. I mean, I think if you're an occasional backpacker and there was no way you're going to get one of these devices and carry it, added that to the weight of your pack, but you know, before right. this right. is a huge plus, but if you're somebody that works out there in the, in the wilderness and you know, all that, and you're probably still going to go with the, uh, the dedicated device with the antenna and, and absolutely. Uh, yeah. The, the difference, the big difference I see is you're right. The casual incidental person who yeah. doesn't do enough hiking to make it worth their while. The thing about the inreaches um, and that class of device um, is that, you know, they're a little pricey. They're not iPhone pricey, but they're, yeah. you know, 300 bucks or 300. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's also a subscription involved. Oh yeah. Which is why I asked about the subscription. I believe the SOS button will still work, but I'm not sure. But the uh, to actually, you know, use the device, um, yeah, you're paying some number of dollars a month to make that happen. Interesting. So other other things that the iPhone yes. has and how, what I think about them. So a big deal is the always on display. I don't know if this is really a big deal. So the idea is that instead of the phone turning, the screen turning completely off when you're not using it, um, there's a the kind of a really dim mode where it can just stay in that dim mode all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's sitting there on your desk. You can glance over to it and see the time or what if there's a notification on the screen or something. Um, for me, I, I don't see this as a big deal because my phone isn't being used. It's in my pocket. It doesn't matter if the screen is see it anyway. uh, yeah. <laughs> dim, dim or not. So, And the other thing is, is that I, I, I would imagine there's a battery issue there, right? It's going to use more battery power. And I get so many questions from people about all little minuscule ways to, you know, possibly conserve their battery a little bit more. I just see the mass majority of people saying, this is cool, but it's going to use more battery. Where's the off switch? <laughs> I need the I off would, switch right now. I would actually like an easy way to turn that feature on and off. And the yeah. reason I say that is because on occasion, uh, I will use my phone for, I don't know, a period of time that's longer than the timeout, right? Yeah. And, but I'd like, maybe it'll be a clock on the corner of my desk, or maybe it'll be a podcast that I'm playing where I actually want to see the progress and so forth. So the ability to turn that kind of a thing on and off would be kind of nice. Yeah. The way I do is. that right now, by the way, is I run uh, on my Android, I run an app that is designed to be used uh, in the car. Mm -hmm. 
And it does a couple of things automatically. And one of them is it just turns the screen always on. Um, so that way that no matter what else I'm doing, the screen remains on while I'm driving. So I'm not constantly having to reach over, wake up, or potentially unlock the phone, what, 65 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I already mentioned there's a 48 megapixel camera. Yeah. So there's still three. So this is the pro and the pro models. Um, there's still three cameras. There's telephoto, there's wide angle, and there's the normal camera. And the normal camera is 48 megapixels, which is interesting. Well, first of all, obviously means you can take 8K video. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing it does is now there are there appear to be three zoom lens, uh, three lenses that for zooming, you know, one X, two X, and three X. The telephoto lens is three X. So mm -hmm. the current iPhone I have has one X and three X. Now the thing about the 2X is all the 2X is, is it's the regular lens, but just the pixels in the middle. <laughs> right. Makes sense, right? It's digital zoom, yeah. It's so you, so it's, well, it's not digital zoom. That's the thing, right? Because you could do digital zoom in so, you know, okay, all these phones. Okay. So why would you not just take a full frame picture and crop it for this, get the same effect? Well, you could, except that a full, so if you take a full frame picture, you're probably not shooting 48 megapixel, right? I mean, the, the regular pictures are still going to be kind of standard pic, uh, picture size. It's not like people are going to go around shooting raw 48 megapixel photos. I mean, I would just, you would fill up your iPhone pretty quick. I would fill up my I'd iPhone do pretty quick. Yeah. I'd do it. <laughs> but so the idea is no matter which lens you're using, you're still getting regular size photos. They're like two, three megs in size or whatever, good resolution. Mm -hmm. And it's using all those extra pixels to make the, the quality better and all of that. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that... Um, yeah, you you know, if you just go to 2x, then instead of it being like the 3x lens cut down, you know, or the 1x lens digitally enhanced, mm -hmm. it's you're actually just using those middle pixels and still getting your one to one pixel ratio there. You know, just getting the middle of the screen. So, and you and you don't have to think about it. You don't have to go and like which camera lens I'm going to choose. You zoom in and out. You know, 1x, 2x, 3x, go somewhere in between if you want. It just there's more, um, I guess, more options for cleaner one-to-one hmm. -one pixel right. photos. Right. Um, so that's kind of neat. And, you know, the 48 megapixel cameras, as I said, the, some of the image stuff is going to be great because a lot of the processing for the photos for the iPhone takes place before the pixels are reduced. So, you know, doing a really cool effect, you know, or, or just getting the lighting and the HDR to look good and all that can take place with all those makeup, you know, all those pixels. Mm -hmm. And then it can go and make your regular, you know, 4,000 by 3,000 or whatever it is, photo mm -hmm. from that. So it's going to be nice. And of course, camera features are like number one for me. And they, and this is, you know, pushes me to really want to get this phone, but you know, I'll, I'll try to hold off. Other thing <laughs> that's really cool is, and this is both a new feature on the iPhone 14s and in the Apple watches, uh, the new ones is car crash detection. So they basically took the accelerometers in these devices and they upped them to like be even more sensitive so they can get more data. So before they were great for like, you want to move your phone to manipulate a game or the screen or something like that. It's you know all the sensitivity you need, but for it to actually detect like what's going on to the phone or watch, you know, in the physical world, they went to a higher resolution for those and then combined it with other sensors like the microphones, for instance, to basically build like a, you know, we talked about the artwork last week, 
you know, throwing a whole bunch of data and then having a neural network figure out, you know, oh, how, you, how do you turn these words into a piece of artwork? Well, they threw a neural network at, how do you take all this, this different sensory information and then figure out, is this a car crash? Right. And, you know, so was the, did it sound like a car crash? Did the movement feel like a car crash and all of that? And to completely avoid normal things you might do, like for instance, using power tools at home to do home improvements, uh, you know, with your watch on your wrist or your phone in your pocket, you know, how do you differentiate that with how, you know, a car collides with another car mm -hmm. at 45 miles an hour and it detects car crashes basically. And, you know, a screen will appear saying, well, a uh, car crash is detected. Are you okay? And if you don't, and you could respond no, or you can resp or not respond and it will automatically call. Uh, emergency services and do a variety of other things that you set up. There's already fall detection on like the Apple watch that's mm -hmm. similar to this, where you, you know, you get a notification saying, you know, you fall in or whatever, and you can configure that to alert, you know, who you want to alert about that. Um, but the car crash detection is interesting, not only because it could help you in a situation where you can't now respond, you can't call 911 because you've been hurt, right. uh, but the speed, at which something like that might happen. Um, and not just the speed, but being able to, you know, reach a call center with data saying, hey, there's an iPhone here that detected a pretty severe crash, right? This, you don't have to, you know, are you okay? What's the situation? Oh, I've been in an accident, whatever, boom. It's right there on the screen of somebody somewhere saying car crash right here at this GPS location. Interestingly then that, it would probably also include the phone number so that the call center could try and call out. Probably, yeah. Or it may even connect you. I'm, I'm not sure. I know the Apple Watch, you can actually talk. You know, if you did the fall thing, I think you can actually talk to somebody. Hmm. Um, so very anyway, cool. that's like cool. That, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's you know, it's very similar, I feel, to the, there's the um, kind of heart problem detection of the Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. You could detect that. And the thing is, whenever they introduce a new feature like this, the number of lives saved is going to be greater than zero, right. right? That's the thing it's, you know, about these features is will they make a difference statistically? Will, you know, how many lives will be saved? It's going to be greater than zero. I mean, certainly the Apple watch has saved many more than zero lives through mm -hmm. that detection. And this car crash feature on the watch and phone is definitely going to save more than zero lives. So, you know, Pretty interesting. interesting. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't marked or uh, positioned this release because between this and the uh, satellite stuff, yes, yeah. Po yeah. positive life saves. saves. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of that. So yep. the other, so here's another feature. So the new watch, the new phones uh, on the pro models, they've reduced the little notch at the top, right? There's, there's a notch at the top of iPhones where all the camera stuff is. Right. And the screen kind of wraps around to the left and right of that. Okay. What they did is they moved one of the sensors, the uh, you know the sensor that detects whether or not you're holding the phone to your face and all that proximity sensor. They moved that under the screen, so they got one of the sensors under the screen. The cameras still have to have a hole, but instead of actually being a notch that goes to the top of the screen, it's now more of an oval hole. Actually, I think it's an oval hole and a dot, like right next to each other. But then instead of actually just putting those there as black holes on the screen where those cameras are they have actually painted a slightly bigger hole around it with pixels by blocking out pixels and are calling it the dynamic island which is 
actually one of the <laughs> coolest names. You know, Apple comes out with some names for little features that are yeah, okay or whatever. Dynamic Island is really cool. So, and the deal is it changes its shape. So this dynamic island cuts a hole in whatever it is you're looking at, like a photo mm -hmm. on the screen or something. And it may actually cut a bigger hole than is needed for the cameras and display something there. Like it may actually put the time or your Wi-Fi signal to one or the other side, make it look like it's inside this hole as like white on black pixels. And kind of masking the fact that some of the some of the space here doesn't actually have any pixels, like nothing can be displayed by <laughs> displaying more black stuff around it with like interesting things, but also making it like this area where like you go to to look for status information. Um, it even expands vertically as well for different things. So like you can, it'll have like a little music playback thing. The music's playing, here's the little time in the music. And then you could tap on it. So apparently you can tap on this, even though there's no pixels there. And then it'll expand vertically to become like square or rectangular and show you, you know, the song that's playing and other information. And then you could tap somewhere else and it will shrink back into its, you know, more compact size. Really cool stuff like that. It's like a, a way to basically turn the the problem that you don't you have some spots on the screen that have no pixels because there's a camera there um, right. into like a feature okay let's make this this area that expands and morphs and changes and you can even see in some of the screenshots how they are like oh they're using there's a lot of black pixels and there's like an icon in the middle and there's stuff on the outside they mask the fact that some of those black pixels don't actually exist right by clever design and it's it's kind of really cool. It makes me this strangely, even though this really doesn't do anything feature wise, like there's nothing I you can do with Dynamic Island. I can't do with my phone that doesn't have Dynamic Island. Right. Um, it does make me want to get the phone because it looks really cool. And I want to see like, <laughs> how does Dynamic Island work when I'm using when I'm playing music? How does it work in, you know, this other app that this game I'm using? Like what happens to the Dynamic Island? Because the developers, as a developer, you can do things with it. Mm -hmm. Kind of neat. So it's a kind of a neat thing. Funny um, when I saw the, the the Dynamic Island on our yeah. uh, on our list here, uh, I said I thought to myself, huh, that sound it must be some kind of new fantastic new game or something. Yeah, and a game or a like reality <laughs> TV show, right? You know, Dynamic Island. Welcome to Dynamic Island, where contestants have to compete in a variety. You know, um, uh, so and then I, of course the other big announcement. I mean, everybody knew they're coming out with new iPhones, so no big deal for that, right? And and there are new AirPod Pros as well. There's a couple of new little things. No big deal there. But they did come out with a whole new Apple Watch. They they have a new Apple Watch that's, you know, the, the update to the current one. But they also came out with something called the Apple Watch Ultra, which they basically made a bigger watch with a bigger battery and made out of titanium and has lots of really, like, you know, it's made for more extreme use. Like the titanium edges actually wrap around the glass to make it more shatter resistant. Mm -hmm. um, it has, uh, it's the, forget about being water resistant. It's actually, you can use it while diving. Okay. While scuba diving. You know, it, it, it actually has functions on it to work as a, a, a dive computer. Oh, cool. You know, so yeah, so it's like, you know, replace your dive computer, replace your, your satellite emergency thing with your iPhone and replace your dive computer with the Apple Watch Ultra. Um, it's got a, like a brighter screen. It's got more microphones so you could talk 
and it will like uh, you know cancel out the wind so mm-hmm. you know the other person can hear you uh you know all these features basically you know it showed a lot of people using it while climbing mountains and while diving you know scuba diving you know in the ocean um so looks really cool too i mean it does have a rugged kind of you know bigger look they were able to dispense with the whole like oh a nice sleek you know lightweight design no this is big heavy you know on your wrist <laughs> thing um so i see a lot of people getting it just because it's like you know it's the same reason why people get those watches that have all the dive computer stuff on them yes you know, now but you know not because they actually dive but because it looks cool right i look <laughs> i look i look bad you know walking around with this thing it's like yeah maybe i do scuba dive maybe i do climb mountains you don't know but my watch certainly tells you that i do <laughs> so it's it's really cool and it is and i was surprised it was only 800 bucks to be honest the features that they they laid out for it i thought well this is a limited market this is like a premium thing it's going to be well over a thousand dollars and they were like it was like 7.99 really i might get one for 7.99 at some point you know <laughs> it looks pretty cool i don't know anyway it's uh it, it's neat to have that option and you know it comes with a bigger battery because it has a bigger case so they could right. stuff a bigger battery into it uh and you got a brighter screen too you know there's a lot of event the screen's a little bit bigger i a lot of cool advantages to getting it Oh, you know, if you're already are convinced, I think that Apple Watch is for you and you love your Apple Watch, then I think it it makes a really good compelling case to say, yeah, my next one's going to be an ultra. Right. I'm going to right. move up a level, you know, just for the same way that people get like the iPhone, iPhone Pro, you know, you move up to the, I want the three cameras and I want the pro features and stuff. So very cool. Anyway, well, cool I, I look forward to hearing next week which one you bought. <laughs> no, none of none of them. Actually, if anything, I mean the the one I, I'm tempted to get the most is the the AirPods Pro, but probably still just stick with my current ones. But yeah, I could see at some point, some point the AirPods Pro, you know, me wanting to upgrade. To, do you happen to know if the AirPods work with Android phones? Yeah, I think they just work as Bluetooth. They're just Bluetooth. Okay. Yeah, because they obviously they can't use the special, you know special relationship between the iphone and the, and the airpods right um but uh but yeah i believe you can i just so. i i keep looking at various air earpod equivalents yeah uh, for the android and they're always a letdown uh so far yeah. everyone has been a letdown so mm. Mm. interesting i don't know like some of the coolest features of the like the airpods pro is you know, there's noise cancellation, there's transparency, the opposite of noise cancellation, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it drowns out noise, but it lets through speech. Right. So, it, you know, it's it's great. And then in the what you can do, I can do with my current AirPods Pro and the new iOS 16 that came out with my iPhone is now I haven't done it yet is you can point uh, the camera, you know, there's the the depth camera in on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. I could do a mode where I point the camera at my ears and it will take a picture of the shape of my ears and then recalibrate the noise cancellation and transparency for my AirPods Pro according to the shape of my ears. Okay. Now, I don't think you probably won't be able to do that if you have an Android phone. I suspect not. You're, yeah. You are but maybe. Yes. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but it's a, it kind of a cool feature. I actually, I, I was, unfortunately, when I was testing something out, it asked me to do that. And I was in the middle of something else. And I was like, all right. But I do I do mean to get to it. Maybe tonight I'll get to that and uh, see if I can hear any 
any difference. I just have visions of my doing that and the phone saying, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't deal with those. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. cool. So as usual, lots of interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. Um so to move on, a couple of things that are perhaps a little less, I don't know, a little lighter. Uh, not that this wasn't light, but just sort of funny, funny light. Um, I called this the I'm glad I don't have kids department. And the way we came around to this one is there have been a couple of news stories the past couple of weeks. In fact, I heard one, I heard it again just a couple of days ago, um, that one of the highest revenue generating songs or class of songs on Amazon Music are songs about poop. Hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, you think about it, said, what the heck is going on? People aren't that interested. No, but a certain class of people absolutely are. Um, little people, the 13-year-olds, the, the tweens, the youngsters. What, apparently, what's happening is that once they understand that there's a box in their home, the uh, uh, Alexa, which uh, I have no idea if mine just lit up or not. But the point is that you've got these devices in the home. Yep, it's it just started talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the device will light up when you give it. Obviously, you hear its name and then you say something else. What's a kid going to do? Device. Poop. That's all. Mm. Just poop because kids are interested in scatological scatologically themed things yeah so the moment they learn that their device is responding to commands from humans the very first thing they they throw at it is poop and apparently this is really really common like i said i don't have kids and this is another reason i'm kind of sort of glad i don't have kids but what i'm hearing from folks that do is that oh yeah yeah this is a thing this absolutely happens. And what happens is then the device starts, uh, basically looks for something related to poop in the music library and plays it. And apparently there are a number of songs related to poop. Who knew? Yeah, no, I've heard this before and I definitely understand why kids would do that. Oh, I get uh, it. You know, I totally get at it. Least, yeah. At least it's, not, it's playing a song rather than ordering, you know, their favorite candy Right. <laughs> adding it to the, I'm <laughs> adding it to the, uh, you know, Amazon shopping cart and stuff like that. Um, but you know, the idea of taking advantage of it, I love because uh, it, it's, you know, the, it sounds like, and I, you know, read this article that you, you posted mm -hmm. and it sounds like the people doing it and benefiting from it aren't just making junk, right. They're actually making, you know, funny interesting songs sure, right sure. that have interesting backgrounds so um and the idea of seeing like this need for uh oh yeah there are little kids asking for this they're probably parents you know what i wouldn't I, I think some of that is actually from parents i mean if you want your kids to settle down or you want a treat or whatever it is <laughs> it's like i'll put hey you know clean up your you know your room and i'll i'll play the poop song <laughs> um <laughs> you know so it's sometimes it is parents but it's like it, it's interesting it's you you create art like songs mm -hmm. and you want to create fun art mm -hmm. right which is often overlooked oh see art's got to be serious a lot of people like to create fun art yep. <laughs> and 
So you, you come across something this fun and it brings smiles to children's faces. What could be even better? And there's a demand for it. You know, it won't, I won't make the song and it will go out and I'll check in like a year and it'll be like three plays, right? It'll actually be something that people listen to and enjoy and find fun and funny and all of that. So I love it. I love finding, it's basically a little, it was like a little life hack for some songwriters and musicians to be able to create fun stuff like this. It's and funny. I've, I've, <laughs> the most recent time I heard about it, I actually heard about it. I'll wait, wait, don't tell me um, mm -hmm. over the weekend. And um, the comment they made was that one of the guys who's essentially cashing in on this is making money from all these plays. Mm -hmm. um, the song's like four, five, six years old. The song's older than Alexa, I think. Yeah. And what that means is that, you know, this certainly wasn't his intent. He just started yeah. noticing at one point that all of a sudden Amazon was sending him money. And then he had to go look and find out why. That's but why. I mean, even even if it is your intent, you know, finding a niche like this. Sure. I mean, it might be, you know, poop songs for kids, but it also could just be, I mean, isn't this really the whole like Weird Al Yankovic thing? You know, in a hey, sense, people sure. enjoy parody yeah. songs. Nobody's yeah. really doing parody songs. I'll do parody songs and it makes people happy and I can make a living doing it. You know, if you find a niche for like, I'll do a song that covers like current events, you know, what's going on in the world? Musically, you know, I'll do a song on this funny thing that's happening, but I'll make it, you know, topical or something. Sure. I love it. I love when people can combine their talent, you know, whether it's, you know, songwriting, playing music, you know, with some interesting entrepreneurial idea to, you know, come out ahead, <laughs> actually get rewarded for their, for their creativity. For some reason, I have this sudden urge to create a song about the perils of not backing up. But that's well, just yeah. Me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But yeah, something. Yeah. Yep. So a couple of weeks ago, to move on to another topic, a couple of weeks ago, I had a flare up of carpal tunnel. Um, it mm. is something that I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I necessarily get it any more often than people who don't spend all their days at um, at keyboards. Uh, but nonetheless, it happens to me periodically. The last time it happened was like three, four years ago. And I started looking into the uh, dictation software of the day, which for the most part was um, Dragon Naturally Speaking, mm -hmm. uh, which it did okay, but it was a pain to set up and it was just, it was just troublesome. So I didn't stick with it at all. What happened a couple of weeks ago is that I realized, you know, Windows has this stuff built in. I wonder if it's any good. And the answer is, it is. Mm. It's actually surprisingly good. Um, I was very impressed. So the, the short version to actually enable this stuff, um, just click into a field into which you would normally type and um, hit Windows key plus um, H, I think it is. And that will turn on voice recognition or dictation. And I'll talk about what I mean by dictation in a moment. But the concept here is that um, you start speaking into your microphone and it starts writing down the words that you're speaking. Now, this is not new technology. And in fact, it's not new technology that I haven't already been using. Uh, it's something that I use almost daily, but on my phone. My phone's mm. keyboard is tiny, of course, it's a phone, and my fingers are big because I'm me. So what I end up doing instead, and this is actually something that somebody else showed me in, pra in practice, she was using it herself uh, much more heavily than I was at the time, um, 
the phone is an amazing little dictation device. Mm. Uh, and so most of my text messages are me speaking at the machine and having it type for me. Uh, most of my instant messages, I tend not to do email on the phone unless I absolutely have to, but it makes a lot of those tasks so much easier. Now, one of the things that we've talked about before are transcriptions. We talked about the um, uh, the benefits of uh, tools like HappyScribe and Otter.ai sure, yeah. and a couple of others um, that basically will take a recording, like say this podcast, and transcribe it. What's useful about those tools is that they will often do a job of identifying the speakers. So they'll hear your voice and my voice as being different, and then they will actually label them as the transcript is created. The transcript is usually pretty darned good, um, certainly good enough for a lot of different purposes. Um, and in fact, when I ran into a problem with Windows um, uh, speech recognition. I did flip over to otter.ai just to give that a try to see if it would do as well. And it did. Um, the advantage right. that they have typically is that you upload this file and they can take their time analyzing it, right? They can throw right. however many processor resources they want to uh, mm -hmm. for however long they need to, to analyze it, to understand the different voices, to may maybe improve their accuracy. What I find absolutely fascinating about both the Windows speech recognition and the one on my Android phone, and I'm sure there's one on your iPhones as well, um, is just how good it is out of the box. Now, to be fair, um, I have a speaking voice, right? Yeah. I, I don't have a strong accent and um, I'm speaking American English, right? So I'm, I'm like the, the software's ideal customer. But nonetheless, uh, given what it takes to interpret what I mean, uh, and there's more to there's more to it than just recognizing the sound. They're actually using the context. So I've have often seen uh, words appear that phonetically are what I've said, mm -hmm. but in terms of making sense as a sentence, are completely meaningless. Right. And then all of a sudden, they get erased, and what I intended is re replaces them. And that means that not only are they doing voice recognition to come up with the sounds, but they're also analyzing the grammar of what it is you're saying and mm -hmm. doing a better job of actually capturing what you say, uh, what you mean, you know, in, in the words you're using, as opposed to just some random string of sounds. Um, I just find that, like I said, fascinating that we've come that far. 30 years ago, I was in a group where we were working on some of the initial speech recognition capabilities in Windows. Um, and it's taken a while to get here for sure, but um, it's just very impressive that it works this well and as well as it does. Yeah, you know, and Apple, you know, of course all the devices has that built into the operating systems. Right. Um, matter of fact, on Macs, there are two different types of dictation. Um, and come to think of it, it's on iPhones too. You know, there's the more accessibility feature where you can do commands and actually control the screen at the same time as dictating. So, mm -hmm. you know, and then there's the just dictation. You know, you press the right. little microphone, you can dictate it into something. And the phone does that as well. In fact, one of the new features in iOS 16 that came out this week mm -hmm. is on the iPhone, you can now mix. You could already do that on the Mac, but now on the iPhone, like you, if you, before, if you press the speaker button, 
or the microphone button while you're doing, say, a text message. You would say your text message, and then you would press the speaker button, and you're done. Now you can actually press the speaker button, and in the middle of speaking, you could actually type on the keyboard. So you get to that word, you know it's not going to know what it is you're saying. Right. <laughs> it's a, ter it's a, a technical term or yes. somebody's name or whatever, and you can just actually type that right. and then continue speaking without having to, like, stop and start the the thing it also is supposed to do punctuation better although i haven't observed it myself yet like if you just speak a paragraph it's going to figure out where the periods and commas and all that go rather than in the past you would say period you know comma question that's mark. what i'm doing with windows and for the most part for the text messages and so forth that i send on my android is i'm speaking the speaking the punctuation mm. um, yeah. and it does it actually is surprising I, and the other one that gets me is uh, new line right? New line to move to a yes. new line. Uh, it's doing a much better job of recognizing that as um, essentially punctuation or movement, as opposed to literally putting the words new line into my text. Yeah. So I wanted to just quickly then in a semi-related, we'll call this a transition into Ain't It Cool. Um, this week I'm mentioning uh, the series Entrapped, which yeah. is Nordic Noir, we've spoken about Nordic Noir before. It's set in Iceland. This is the third season. The first two seasons were called Trapped. For whatever reason, they changed the series name. It's on Netflix. And, you know, it's a it's a police procedural. Um, you know, it's it's very well done. Uh, characters that are, are, you know, they all have their own issues and are quite relatable. But uh, it's in original language with subtitles, which, as we've described before, uh, you know, they'll talk in, I assume it's Icelandic amongst themselves, but when they're talking to someone who is from a different country, then they default to English. In other words, so there's no subtitles mm, for us, okay. right? We actually yeah, can yeah. understand them, but they're actually speaking in English. And that is literally how all these different countries, um, I don't want to say get along, but communicate with each other, is that, you know, when my uh, when my relatives in Holland go for a visit in Denmark, um, they don't know Danish, the Danish don't know Dutch, but they both know English. So that becomes the language that they, uh, that they communicate in. Mm. What I learned a while back is that it's worse than you think when it comes to overdubs. And I say that because we tend to think of, uh, you know, voice when they actually have an English dubbed uh, film, somebody sat down and translated from the original language into English and then spoke the lines at the appropriate time. It's always kind of funny because you can see the mouths aren't moving in, in syncopation with the, uh, uh, with the actual sounds. But the reason I say it gets worse is you would think that if you've got somebody, if you've got a film that is in, say, Icelandic, and you want to have a version of that with, say, Dutch overdub, you would find somebody that understands Icelandic and speaks Dutch. Apparently, the shortage of translators is so sufficient or so, so great that that's not what happens at all. Mm. Apparently, the majority of movies and TV shows that are... Um, recorded in a separate language or overdubbed in another language are first translated into English and then from English into the final language, hmm. which from my perspective means yeah. that there's twice as many opportunities yeah. 
to not just get it wrong. I mean, I'm sure that get it wrong is probably too strong a statement because that should be pretty obvious. But nuance, nuance just does not make it through a double translation process. And I, again, I guess I'm happy that I speak English because I don't have to worry about that. But for anybody going from one language to another, realize that it's probably gone through English to get there. And when you think about it, the matrix of translators needed becomes much simpler because all you then need is one translator for every language and English. You don't need all possible combinatorics of languages. I just, that blew me away when I learned that little fact. Um, and yeah, it's part of the reason is that the fact that over the past couple of years, we've had this uh, boom in global streaming of video and uh, all of a sudden all these different languages need to get accounted for somehow. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, and of course uh, topical because last night at the Emmys, um, Squid Game won a bunch of Emmys. Which I did. I did not watch the Emmys. I watched yeah. the game, of course. But yeah, um, which, but it's interesting because I, I I don't know exactly if, I, if it's the first TV non English language TV show to win Emmys, but certainly the first to win those particular Emmys. I think it won like Best Director and uh, maybe one of the writing one. I mean, it was some pretty major ones. Right. Um, and you know, definitely notable in that. Uh, you know, at least Hollywood for years has had Best Foreign Film. And they have had best, uh, they have had in the past a non-English film win best picture, I believe, I think. But, you know, of course, movies, it's just been much more, you know, acceptable, you know, uh, movies that are not coming out of Hollywood, not coming out of the United States and, mm -hmm. and not in English uh, have definitely had opportunities to be recognized throughout the years right that's the whole thing i mean their entire movie theaters probably near you i know there are near me yes. but most of what they show is movies that are not in english you know it's a, it's a thing but tv shows just ha you know it's like oh if it's not in english well the first thing they do is they remake it right if it's any good it's like we can't show that <laughs> we need look to at it, you the office yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah and the funny thing is of course not only do they remake shows that are not in english so they are in english for american audiences they'll remake shows that are in english for american <laughs> audiences it's like well, that's not so, the quite quite the right accent i mean the i was gonna say a little different they'll remake shows that are in english and remake them in american american <laughs> english yeah uh so you know it's 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 kind of funny um uh, i watch a show uh there was a show called uh uh, what's called 10% and it's French. And so I had to watch it with subtitles, which was great because it's always nice to hear French spoken on the TV. It's just, and it, you know, the character was very, it was a show that was very, it wasn't like it was a, some action or spy show that could have been in any language. It, 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 there was something very French about the show. So hearing it in French, but having to read the subtitles because I can't speak French was fine, but they changed the name of the show when they brought it to Netflix to call my agent instead of 10%, hmm. right? Then they actually, America has not picked up and made a show yet called based on this, but Britain has. Britain did their own version of it mm -hmm. this year. And strangely enough, they called their version 10% and it's available to watch in the United States as 10%. So you actually can watch the English language version of the show with the correct name, but the French language version of the show is renamed to be you know to be understandable in english i don't know why i don't know why they thought 10 percent wouldn't be a good 
title, it's about eight you know, talent agents. Right. And they take right. 10%. It's very pertinent to the storylines. Anyway, it's interesting, interesting stuff. So, yeah. What have you I, got? Yeah, for me, well, you know, just uh, I'm in the middle of watching um, the new uh, A League of Their Own mm-hmm. uh, series, you know, which is a reimagining of the story uh, based more on what actually happened than the movie. The movie was, you know, kind of watered down. Let's write a script with this idea in mind right. uh, type of situation. This is a TV series on Amazon. And some, uh, they were able to not only make it more like, I guess, the original book, uh, but even more like uh what actually happened to the players because some of the players are still alive and they were actually able mm-hmm. to get more information about it and there were a lot of things that they just couldn't do in a movie in the 80s or was it 80s or 90s i think i'm not sure but long enough ago that yes they couldn't do yeah, a lot of things they could they couldn't do a lot of you know uh relationships between women in the movies for a major picture they weren't going to do then but uh you know they so that store those stories were actually just like they never happened if you watch the movie um so they're able to go back and make a, a better portrayal of it but it's also really good you know i'm enjoying it especially because i like baseball so mm-hmm. and i like stories about baseball especially when your team is it's september and your team is already mathematically eliminated from the from the playoffs <laughs> it's you know good to have at least you know a tv show about baseball to watch instead that's funny i've heard very good things about the the new um league of their own so it's yep. good to hear okay as always we have no sponsors other than ourselves which means we get to tell you about our own stuff This week, I'm going to point everyone at what's the best password manager in 2022. This actually turned out to be uh, extra timely because of the last pass breach that I think we talked about a week ago, uh, because I did write an article about, you know, do I need to worry about last pass, blah, blah, blah. But of course, it does raise the issue. Okay, great. What, What password manager should I be using? Um, and I throw out several different alternatives, one of which um, I got from you, Gary. I think you said you were mm-hmm. using one password. Um, and I know uh, friends of ours are using Bitwarden, and I'm still using LastPass. But the bottom line is that uh, you know it's incredibly important that you use whatever you feel safe and comfortable with. So I talk a little bit about that. Askleo.com slash 148053. Cool. And I'll point to my video from Monday about... Uh, you know, what's new in iOS 16. Uh, I was able to do that video using the the last last beta and iOS 16 came out uh, just as I released my video. So, um, so it was really nice. And I run down, you know, some of the, the, the main things that you may want to try if you just updated. Mm-hmm. Very good. I think that yep. pretty much wraps us up for another week. Mm-hmm. As always, the show notes are at tehpodcast.com slash teh172. You've got a comment or a question for us. That's the place to leave it. We see them. Thanks again for listening. And we will see you here again real soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.